Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, we've got some special uh, visitors with us, some guests in the place. What was that? I don't know. Hey, hey, bro, if you didn't see them... Pastor Ike's feet are up here moving around. He's, he's excited. We, we, I didn't even know they were coming. This is how they roll. Uh, they like to keep it. If you don't know, uh, Pastor Ike and Pastor Cindy were on staff. Well, they, they moved here to go to the UF, University of Florida. And did you do all four years? You did, you went somewhere else. They both transferred to UF. And so they finished up their degree here at UF and, uh, started coming to the churches. College students fell madly in love with one another and, uh, and got married. Of course, Jordan is their, their, their first creation and, uh, Katie is in Canada. But, um, they were on staff with our church for years and years. Actually, how, how long? 14 or 15? 13. All right. They were here for 19 years and six months. Six days and 12 hours. No, I don't know. But they're here for uh, uh, 13 years, or on staff for 13 years. And Cindy was our first youth, first youth minister we had here. And who, who, are, who in the room was under, uh, sat under Cindy? <laughs> yeah, she, she just said you're all old now. So uh, <laughs> if you can still raise your arm. Yeah, so, uh, uh, but uh, they left here in 2014, right? 2004. Oh, that's right. It was... 2004. I have to tell you, you know, when we, when we got out of Rama, we went to Jacksonville and helped uh, Bruce and Cindy Black start a church in Jacksonville. And I knew, I knew eventually we would be back. We would come back here and the, the Lord would have us come back. And, uh, I was so, one of the things I was so excited about was coming back here and being able to hang out with our brother and sister-in-law. If you don't know, this is Pastor Amy's sister. And this, this is my brother and sister-in-law. I was so excited to be able to hang out with Ike and, and work with Ike and, and we came back because they were leaving. And so they told my parents, uh, we're leaving. The Lord's calling us to Canada, so we have to leave. So my dad, we, we made the arrangements. We moved back. So I was super bummed out to come home just to find out that they were leaving. But, um, but they've been pastoring now in Canada for many, many years. I want you guys to come up. Y'all give them a big round of applause. Huh? What's that? I said, I don't know if I need this or not. but well, Yeah. yeah. And, oh, that's it? Okay. Thank, thank, thank you. All right. Um, <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Thank I, you. I just wanted them to just talk. You know, they, they pastor. And, of course, they're very busy. They'll tell you all about the different things they're doing. But, um, well, oh, yeah. they say they're really busy. Yeah. They, they, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they, they like to think Jesus is coming soon. Look busy. That's how they live yeah, their yeah. lives. But, That's uh, how we no, no, that's not true. Uh, but they're really busy. They don't really get down that often. And uh, yeah. so we know. didn't know they were coming and just found out. I found out three days ago or something they were even going to be in Florida and, uh, and surprised us and by coming up here, period. Yeah. So we want to give them a chance. They're here. Let them talk to you, greet you, share what's on their heart for yeah. a few minutes and take as long as you need and uh, yeah. we'll go from there. All right. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to do. What's going on here? Am I, am I having coffee or am I, is this, this, where's the pulpit? Um, uh, but he, he didn't ask me to preach. We're just, we're just going to share a little bit. So if, if you don't uh, know us, he kind of already explained that. But, uh, yeah, we're pastoring. And any French Canadians here? That would be really odd if there were. But, you know, they are snowbirds. Uh, well, you're not French and you're ex-Canadian. But um, <clears throat> so the Lord called us 
Oh, there's Miss Annette. Hey there. Yeah, we, we recognize most of you. Now, we may look different. Uh, Matt Swilly said, how do I know you? And uh, so we had to introduce ourselves to Matt uh, this morning because he didn't recognize us. So, uh, yeah, we were here a long time ago. Uh, um, well, first of all, let me just start by saying there's so much to say. Um, thank you so much. Prayers, support, finances. What a blessing. We couldn't do what we do without your support. So we always feel so loved and supported from here. And uh, we just, we appreciate you all so much. You know, sometimes you can tell when people are praying for you, something just comes on you. Uh, somebody's praying for us. The grace of God just comes on you. And so we, we appreciate that so much. Um, we don't get down very often. And actually our plans changed in the middle of our trip. Um, our, our paperwork is expiring to stay in Canada. And we were hoping to renew it at the border. And we had a not pleasant experience at the border trying to do that. So the papers were not renewed. So that means we have to be back um, before they expire. And so we had to change the trip, take different flights. And so that's why we weren't going to be here on a Sunday. And so anyway, so things, things changed. But uh, we are pastoring Centre de la Foi Triomphante. Et oui, on parle en français, en tout le temps, tout est, tout est en français, qui, qui me comprend, personne, non. Uh, ouais. uh, so, so yeah, every, everything is in French, we do everything in French, uh, we learned French when we, when we got there, I don't recommend learning a language in your old age, but um, do it while you're young. Uh, but there's been a grace on us to do that, and we thank God for that. So we, we've been pastoring now, the church is 17 years old. Uh, and you guys have faithfully supported us from day one. Next month, we will be gone 19 years from here. Um, back when some of you had hair and, uh, um, you know, everything's, everything changes, doesn't it? Um, but uh, we, just, we just appreciate you guys so much. So uh, one of the other things that we're doing, um, we're directors of Rama Quebec, uh, Rama has different campuses, international campuses now around the world, 280 campuses in 55 countries. And we're privileged to have be the directors of Rama Quebec. We have two campuses in Montreal and Quebec City. Quebec City is where we live. We have about 32 students. But because we're able to do it in French, we get to travel amongst the French campuses. So um, we're, there are campuses in, uh, four campuses in France, one in Haiti, one in Kinshasa in the Congo, um, and one in, in uh, Switzerland. So we have been to most of those. Some of them are newer, so we haven't been to Kinshasa yet um, because of COVID, some of the others. But Nice and Paris and Switzerland, um, you know, it's, it's a dirty job. But when somebody has to go preach in Paris, um, you know, we're, we're available. Lord, here am I, send me. Um, so actually, we were just in Paris uh, a few weeks ago and had a wonderful time with the students, amazing group of world changers. And uh, so that's one of the things we're doing. One of the other things we're doing that you help with is we're printing uh, Brother Hagen's books, Kenneth Hagen books, in French. And we started just uh, four years ago or so, and we printed four titles. Uh, we have friends of ours who work with the translation in Nice, France. They've been doing it for more than 30 years. They do all of the work, but we were having to buy them and have them shipped from France, which was too expensive, and people didn't want to buy the books. And we said, we've got to get the books out. So we made a deal with them. Can we print them? If we can find a printer 
And so they do all the work. They send us the files. We negotiate with the printer and have them printed and distribute them. And uh, so we have 23 titles available right now in French and Quebec. So North America, we've had um, <clears throat> uh, missionaries contact us who are going to Haiti, different places that speak French. Can we get some books? So that's a real blessing, and you, and you help do that. And again, like, <clears throat> like Pastor Amy said, so many people have said this book or this book or that book has changed my life. The authority of the believer, how you can be led by the spirit of uh, uh, ever exceeding faith. Uh, all those books, it just, we had a guy come into our church and uh, <clears throat> we, we weren't sure if he was spirit filled. We asked his wife if he was spirit filled. I don't know. I've never heard him pray in, in tongues before. And I don't know when, don't really hear him pray. Um, he, he bought a Brother Hagen book one Sunday and took it home. He came back. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. He left with an armload of every Hagen book that we had. And now he leads prayer for us when we're gone. Um, and, and praise and worship. So, I mean, it's totally changed him. Why don't you say something? <laughs> I wasn't sure I was going to be given the chance. But uh, it's good to be here with extended family and that's not just physical family but that is spiritual family Um, you have no idea probably that you in the spirit it's like you're an octopus and you've got tentacles far reaching into different places and so often when we're teaching we're we're teaching things that we learned from here um, we tell our people, especially when they're working together and they're trying to get along and they're, you know, dealing with relationship issues, and we go, listen, those people you're in the trenches with, you're, they're going to be the most valuable people in your life and in eternity. We value those times so much. And just so much happened here for us, and we do thank you. Praise God. It's good to be with you. Praise God. So... Um I uh, just want to uh, testify some of uh, the things that the Lord's been doing um, uh, with us and at the at the church. We started the church from nothing, from no one. Uh, okay. Um, uh, the, we moved to Canada in 2004 in July, and uh, we were spent a couple of years at, in another city just trying to determine the will of God. Where Where do you want us to start a church? We knew pastoring was on our heart, and he spoke to both of us supernaturally. Uh, and separately about Quebec. We were totally ignorant of Quebec, didn't know anything about Quebec. I just knew they spoke French, at least I thought they did, and was open to traveling. Well, he was thinking more not travel, but (laughs) settle down. People say, when are you coming back? Don't have any plans to come back, (laughs) unless he says something different. You know, you just stick with whatever God told you, you just stick with it till he says something different. If he doesn't say anything, just keep doing it. We were here. We knew this was temporary for us. After five or six years, Lord, is it time to go? After a while, so how long is temporary? Ten years. And, and, uh, and then sometimes, you know, you, get, you can get comfortable. You can get comfortable in the will of God. But sometimes there's another step. There's another turn. There's a, there's a change, and you need to be willing to make that change. Now I'm preaching your thing. Uh, and if you're not, you can stay in a comfortable place and be blessed. But the blessing of God, his provision is where he's calling you to. We could have stayed out of the will of God and been okay. I mean, it's nice here. It's hot. But it's nice. And that little boy who leads praise and worship, he, he did a pretty good job this morning. Um, 
he was a little boy when we got here. Um, but uh, you have to move with the cloud. That's why denominations sometimes get stuck. We had a revelation. And then God emphasizes something else and another revelation comes. Yeah, but no, 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 no. We got the revelation. Well, okay, we'll start our own revelation denomination. And then another God emphasizes something else down the road. And if we don't move with him, you know, we have to be ready for this last end time revival that's happening. That's happening. Okay, it's not going to start. It's already started. Are you in on it? You got to be determined to move with the cloud and be in on what God's doing, not where I'm comfortable. Out of the 12 disciples, only one got out of the boat and he had a miracle. The rest criticized. So what's Peter doing? What's, why is he kept out? Sit down. Big mouth. Shut up. But he's the only one who experienced miracle power. It was short lived because his faith was short. But the waves were there when he started. He just didn't keep his focus. You have the Lord spoke to me after we started the church. We started in the house. Jordan moved with us to Canada. We had the two kids. We were there in the house. We started the church and we called it a church. And we said, why don't you call it a Bible study? I said, because it's not a Bible study. It's a church. Well, where's the church? Well, it's us. Us four and a cat and a dog. That's the church. Church for the family. We advertised in the paper in our house. Family came. They said, Where's the families? We said, You're it. Congratulations, you've won the prize. You are the family. And they're still with us today. And uh, just recently, uh, they had a, had a clip of Children's Church. They had videotaped them saying the memory verse, these two boys. And now he's graduated, he's in university, and, and he was saying the memory verse, and then it shot back to him as a little kid saying the memory verse. It's like, wow, has it been that long? But it's, we're having an effect, you're having an effect. The, the statistics for Quebec still today, 0.6%, uh, six-tenths of 1%, less than 1%. Evangelical Christians in Quebec. France, I think, is 3%. They think, oh, Europe is, oh, wow. Quebec, neighbors. Just, just, I, I thought, somebody said, come and learn the culture. Stay with us. Learn the culture. Learn the language. I thought, culture? We're neighbors. What's so different? <laughs> it's very different. Canada's different. Quebec is even different. But God's moving. When we got there, it was, it was, uh, pastors told me, Oh, it's so hard here. It's so hard. It's so hard. You know, you can have exactly what you say. Did you, did you learn that here? <laughs> and I thought, these are pastors. They've been in ministry here for a long time, and they're telling me, they're almost consoling me that we've come to Quebec. Oh, 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 brother. It is so hard here. Nobody's interested. And I thought, I refuse to say that. I will not say. I say, by the grace of God, it's easy. It's easy. That doesn't mean there haven't been difficulties or difficult obstacles or hard times. But it's easy. In Jesus' name, it's easy. Jesus said, don't cry about the mountain. He didn't say, pray to God about the mountain. He said, speak to the mountain. We speak to the mountain. Say, get out of the way. I'm coming in Jesus' name. This is the plan of God. I get so tired of hearing about open doors, closed doors. And I know y'all don't do that here around here, but I hear so many Christians talking about open doors. Well, we were going to do this, but the door closed. Who cares? 
We don't determine the will of God by open or closed doors. We determine the will of God by the Holy Spirit on the inside of us and by the word of God and in prayer. And then we go out and do it. And if the door closes in our face, we say, oh, no, you don't. You open in Jesus name. I'm coming through. This is the will of God for me. This is my place. This is where I'm called. This is my strength. This is my home. And you can't do certain things in my home. I'm in control. Who's in control at your house? Well, we've prayed and we've prayed and there was, there was just, the spiritual atmosphere was just, eh. but we didn't, I mean, we were ignorant of all this stuff. You just, sometimes you go a place and it feels weird. You don't know why, why do I feel like this? And, uh, and then we came, we came home on a trip. I'd been getting up in the night to get a drink and whatever and, and go back to bed. And it was just a, mm, this, oh, I don't feel normal. Is why, is I, why do I feel so bad? I'm not depressed. It was just the spiritual atmosphere was so dark and heavy. You know, you can go in places and it just feels dark. In the broad daylight, it feels dark. <laughs> and we came back and we were here or somewhere in the States. And I got up in the night. I thought, I feel normal. I don't feel that revelation suddenly. It's a spiritual thing. So we started working on that when we got back. And it was like pushing back this circle of darkness that was kept trying to come around and hug you. No, back. And so we've continued to make progress and make a bigger hole and a bigger hole and a bigger. And today Quebec is different. I'm not saying it's because of us, but we had a, had a hand in it. We, we occupy a place in the spirit just like you do. You have authority here. In this area. And you need to walk in it. Exercise your authority. And we began to exercise our authority in the city. And said, this is our city. This is our place. We're called here not to be defeated. Not to be in darkness. Not to walk in darkness. We met some missionaries. And they said they were just called. They were, they were called. And it's so hard. And it's so difficult. And we're just at some of the events. Some public events where there's a big crowd. We give out bottles of water. And has a little verse of scripture on it where he hoped that people will read it. And I thought, dear Lord, I didn't come all this way to, to I don't know the Bible says if you give a cold drink, but come on, that's not, I, I got a bigger vision than that. There, there were churches, there were the missionaries that are there. Sometimes they, in the summer, they close down their church for three months to itinerate. That's why we're so grateful. said, how do you have a church? You shut down for three months and you come back and what, start over? We haven't had to do that. Keep plowing. Keep plowing. Keep plowing. God says, keep plowing. But it's so long. It's so long. Yeah, but you've come a long way, baby. <laughs> wait, oh, that's a cigarette ad. No, wait, I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> Uh, in, 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 when I was a kid, I would stay. Is this okay? <laughs> when I was a kid, I would stay with my grandparents in the summer, and they lived on a little farm, and would plow the 
cornfield. They had a you know small field of corn he plowed with the rototiller. And so I'm nine years old, weighed maybe 80 pounds, and I'm behind this you know rototiller that's dragging me all over the place. I'm just trying to keep it straight. And it's long, 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 and I'm thinking I will never get there. And I stop and I look back. Hey, not bad. Okay, I'm making progress. That's what you need to do every now and then. Not look back and live in the past, but just look at the progress. Yes, it may be a prize is a distant at a distance. It may be further than you thought. It may be taken longer than you thought. But look how far you've come. It's a process, a daily process of walking in your authority, walking in the light of the word. The entrance of his word brings light. You're not walking, stumbling around in the darkness anymore, but walking in the light of his word. What does the word say? What does the word? say what does the bible say if that's the one theme of our life every situation that comes up that's what we say what does the bible say when jordy almost wasn't she was six months pregnant she was bleeding and the doctor said well we just have to wait and see there's a blood clot and usually it grows and pushes the baby out and it's over and that's it we said okay we were students at rama he said well what does the bible say The Bible doesn't say, oh, well, we'll wait and see. What verse is that? What verse says, oh, let's wait and see what happens? No, no, we, we know what happens. What we say is what happens. We said, what's the Bible say? Because we're going to agree with that. Well, we saw in the Old Testament uh, a lesser covenant, lesser promises than what we have in Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost. We saw in the Old Testament their cows were blessed. If their cows were blessed and their cows won't miscarry, we are more precious and valuable to God than an old heifer. Amen. Look at the old heifer next to you and say, no, no, no. (laughs) So we declared the word of God and that baby's sitting on the front row. (laughs) Been here ever since. He's a testimony. And some of you have testimonies just, just like that because you said, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? So we, we, we made, um, we've made progress. And for a while, we weren't having visitors at the church. We've been in a rental facility. Um, we're believing God for a building. Believe with us that you can pick that up in prayer. Um, because uh, all the churches that we're, we're working with now, I'll explain, uh, everybody's looking for a building. And just recently, before we left, they've passed some kind of law. I didn't, I didn't have time to look in, into all of it. But there's something going on. A lot of the churches are renting school buildings and school cafeterias. And now they're being pushed out. You can't churches that have been there 15, 20 years. Um, one of the school directors came to a pastor crying, said, I'm sorry. You got to go. But again, what does the Bible say? Who's in authority? Um, But we're looking for a building because we're outgrowing it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Finally, I don't want to do two services. So we're looking for a big barn. Big barn. We were, we were praying with, while we were Rama for Winter Bible Seminar, we, we spent some time a morning praying with Kathy Creek. And uh, she started saying, big barn, big barn, big barn, big barn. So we've been saying big barn ever since. Big barn. We're going to have a big barn for the harvest. So we weren't having visitors. 
And in prayer one day, Cindy had kind of a vision of this, like a creature at the door of the building. And when visitors come, it would talk to them. And they would come and kind of turn up their nose and leave. Sometimes after service, sometimes before. And we just weren't having visitors. And so we took authority over that, and it got better. And she was in a prayer group by Zoom, and uh, there was a, a, a guy there who's a prophet who was visiting um, with the lady who's kind of his spiritual mama. And oh, anyway, it's a long story. But um, Cindy said when she saw him on Zoom, she, the Lord spoke to her and said, he's going to have a word for you. And she thought, well, we're just praying. We're not doing that. So they started to pray, and the guy said, pointing at the square, who's that? And they said, that's Cindy. <coughs> She's in Quebec. And he said, the Lord's shown me you've had a blockage on your ministry. He said, it was like a snake. And it was a big one. Now, when we were here, um, just after we had moved, and we were here not long after for uh, uh, a Reverend Ed Dufresne meeting, and he was on the platform. I'm just sitting there. I, I didn't know him. He didn't know me. And he said, Lord, what is that? What is that? Oh, yeah, I saw that when I was over there in Toronto. And I thought, Toronto? He's talking about Canada. This is, this is for me. I just knew this is for me. And he said, I, I saw that spirit. It was over there in Toronto. And he, then he pointed to me. He said, come up here. He said, the devil's been watching you, and he's fixing to do some whammies on you. Now, that sounds like him, doesn't it? He's fixing to do some whammies on you, but we're going to get ahead of it and take authority over that. Well, that whammy spirit, <laughs> you know, was, was trying, but we've been keeping ahead of it. And so this guy had a word for Cindy. He said there's, there was something like attached to your ministry, like a snake, and it was a big one. He said, but it's gone. And he said, God's going to send someone to help you, and he's going to make a way, make a way, make a, place a highway in front of you, and you're going to run. We're running. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, um, uh, I was contacted about the Hagen books from somebody. The National the Kenneth Hagen office in Canada said, there's a woman wanting books. Can you email her? Can you respond? I said, sure. So I read the email. Uh, this woman in Western Canada, she's just looking for word, word of faith books in French. And I just, I just knew this is this, this is a lady. This is a couple that Cindy and I met in Tulsa. Didn't know the name, didn't recognize the name, but I just knew this, this is this couple. We, when we were, you know, you know, Shekinah Glory, right? Um, they were coming here when, when we started, and uh, so when we went to Tulsa, we volunteered for them in the office and ran errands and did different things for them. Well, this couple from Western Canada had been working for them. They graduated Raymond. They were leaving town. We had just come to town, and we were in the office one day, and the couple stopped by to say goodbye. And they just entered, oh, this is so-and-so-and-so from Western Canada, and they had two little kids. And, oh, okay, nice to meet you. We just went, nothing. I mean, Quebec's not on our radar at that point at all. And it meant nothing to us. Now, 30-plus years later, I get this email. We've had no contact. And I just, and so I wrote back and I said, are you the couple that used to work for Shekinah Glory? And da, da, da. I think we met you in the office one day. And she wrote back and said, wow, yes, that's us. She said, we're in Quebec City now. What? So we had breakfast. 
And they had met an evangelist, an evangelist from Ramah. He said, okay, told me his name. He said, never heard of him. He said, we're around Ramah a lot, don't know him. So I thought, well, maybe he's not really from Ramah. Doesn't matter, but they, he said, they said he wants to come to town. He wants to bring churches together and do street evangelization. And I thought, oh, <clears throat> okay. And he's going to have a pastor's breakfast. Please come to the pastor's breakfast and find out all about it. And I thought, oh, gee. Not, not typically my thing, okay? I like pastors. I like breakfast. But you know, you know where I'm coming from. Sometimes it's not easy to work with other churches. Sometimes we get in our, you're weird, you're weird, you're wrong. And I don't know what you, I mean, you know, you, and we get in our bubble. Well, uh, that's not always right. Now, I'm not, I'm not preaching, oh, we just all need to come together and be one church. No, Jesus, Jesus recognized, remember, he walked among the candlesticks. Paul recognized individual local churches. We need individual local churches. Well, this guy's vision was to bring the local churches together concerning salvation and evangelism. And I thought, well, we can do that, I think. So I went to the breakfast. I met the guy, said hi, and he was looking for a building to host the, host the meetings. And I thought... Nobody's volunteering. I said, well, we have, it's a smaller, we can maybe hold 150. And uh, I mean, he's talking about four or 500. I said, but you know, if you don't find anything you want to do it, we can do it. Um, we got to talking. He's a Rama grad. He's from Florida. He graduated from West Virginia University, which is 45 minutes from where I grew up. So we had all these instant connections. And, and later he said, I feel like I'm supposed to work with you. So we hosted the meeting for evangelization. He came to do street evangelization in Quebec, Canada in January. In February. End of January and first part of February. And we said, you know, it's not really the time to go out on the street because the annual snowfall of Quebec City is, is 12 point some feet average. And when he was there, we had two snowstorms. We had the, the most extreme wind chills, minus 50. We, we've been there for 19 years. I've never seen minus 50. And he had it on his phone, had a shot of it, minus 50. He said, this is your fault. But despite that, they did go out on the street briefly, then in the malls and things. Over 500 people gave their hearts to Jesus. Most for the first time. He was crusade director, and I'm not promoting his ministry or anything, but he was the crusade director for Rodney Howard Brown for a while. So I thought, okay, um, I'm familiar with him. And uh, so I thought, we'll just see where this goes. Five, they, he didn't bring a team. He usually brings a team of evangelists, people who just really, uh, uh, that's their thing. And the people he, I, I was hesitant because the, the ones that I've known who've done street evangelization personally, I don't know, everybody's not like this. They were either obnoxious and aggressive, pushy, or against the local church. Oh, the church is in the street, man. Like, well, no, it's not. It can be, but it, you know. Um, and this wasn't like that. He has a good follow-up program. So we hosted. Because we hosted, and our church basically carried the event, even though these other churches were involved, um, the pastors were kind of hanging back, and just they would attend and sit in the back and kind of see how's this going to go. Training in the morning, some street evangelization, Holy Ghost meeting at night to fire up the church. And some of the things he said, 
changed our church. We said, you know, it's really cold. It's, it's minus 50, minus 40 outside. He said, yeah, and people still die and go to hell when it's minus 40. I said, well, I can't argue with that. He said, my, my job is not to teach people how to live, but teach people how to die. It's like, oh, Lord. He said, the church needs to die. It's self, you understand. Oh. And just, I mean, he was just gut punching every night. And we had people who had never gone out on the street before, never won anyone to the Lord. He has a script that he uses and is very easy and very succinct. And there's a, there's a method to it and that he's used for 25 plus years and seen thousands of people saved. And people in our church, this is what really convinced me. Our people. Never done it. One the gimmick, they came back and said, it works. People cried. They said, why didn't anyone tell me this? It's so simple. Now, most people in Quebec have a Catholic background. So there's things that they didn't know. Most of them are out of church completely now. Kids, about 5% of kids today in Quebec go to church. 5%. I mean, here you walk outside and throw a rock, you'll hit a believer. <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord. Um, some, some cities, I think, in the rapture will be devastated. Some cities will just go on and, oh, where's so-and-so? Hmm, don't know. They must have moved. But the people were touched. One lady, I'll just t- testify about this. <laughs> just it really touched me. This girl, she'd never done this before. Her dad died. And she was supposed to make the funeral arrangements. And the day that she was supposed to make the funeral arrangements, they were going out on the street. So she went out on the street witnessing, thinking, why, why you're, you know, your dad just died. And, you, and uh, so she said, i got to leave early because I'm meeting the funeral home director and we're going to make the plans and everything. And on the way to the funeral home, the Lord spoke to her and he said, the businessman that you're going to meet with, he said, I'm going to save him. And she said, Okay. So she went, sat through the thing. They arranged money and things. And at the end, she said, um, she said, stern businessman, all dressed up, three-piece suit, stern, sitting across the desk, talking finances. And at the end, she said, well, thank you. She said, you've really given me a gift today because he helped her with financing and whatever. She said, now, she said, God has a gift for you. And she said, he just looked at her like, you know, what kind of wacko or... And so she did the script, which is very simple. It just starts out, God loves you, and he has an amazing plan for your life. And she asked him. Now, this was what was so ironic to me. She asked a funeral home director who had been a funeral home director for 35 years. She said, now, if something would happen to you tonight or tomorrow and you would die, do you know where you would go? Would you go to heaven? Do you know if you'd go to heaven or not? He had no idea, never thought about it before. He's in the business every day dealing with it. He didn't didn't know, had no clue. She said, got good news. Bible says everybody's sinned. I've sinned, you've sinned, they've sinned over there. 
And, and the price of that sin is, is death, separation from God. But the good news is free gift, free gift of eternal life is in Jesus Christ. You can stay. I, I just want to pray for you today before I go. And she prayed a simple prayer. And at the end she said, and I pray that Bob, whatever his name was, would receive Jesus in his life. Still holding his hand. Bob, would you like to receive Jesus right now? He said, yes. Led him in a brief prayer of salvation. He was saved. And she said, He just melted. Just the touch of the Holy Spirit. He received Jesus in his office after 35 years, had no idea if he's going to heaven or not. She was able to tell him his sins were forgiven. And he was on his way to heaven. And she said he was a different man when she left. He wasn't stern and severe, businessman, but just. Pleasant and soft and warm. Now, we understand there has to be follow-up. Salvation and growth are the two goals. But, you know, how many of you came in the next day after you got saved? Sometimes it took a little while. And you, and you probably had a church background. These people don't even have a Bible. Never heard of anything. So, but we're, we're following up in prayer phone calls and things. So that's just one of many of the testimonies, one of many of the testimonies um, that that we could share. But God's doing something. And from that, our church has grown. Now, the people from the streets haven't come in yet, but other people lit on fire seeing, hey, this church is doing something. Hey, look at this. Hey, wow, they love people. And they're hooking up. Last year, we had 60 visitors. We hadn't had 60 visitors in probably five or six years combined. And, and this year, I can count maybe, and we're in June, maybe two, maybe three Sundays where we didn't have visitors. And they're staying, and they're telling their friends. So families, generations, that's what church is about. Families, generations. So... You can see it's, it's, it's changed us. It's changed our church. And it's just following the cloud, going, yeah, the night meetings, we're with the other churches, charismatics, the prophecy people, the Pentecostals, the no-name, non-brand, and us. And, yeah, it's a little crazy sometimes, but it's been worth it. I said, you know, if we never do anything more uh, with this evangelist or this group, it's already changed our church and we'll, it will never go back. Because there are people that never did it, that did it, they're still doing it. Now they uh, feel equipped to talk to their neighbors, to talk to their family. Because it's simple. It's not a doctrine. It's not an argument. It's just, hey, I got good news. 
and it's quick and it's easy. And then you can do it, especially if it's somebody at work, you can follow up every day. Hey, how's it going? Is there something I can pray for you today? Or, you know, this week, what's going on? God has a plan. He has a plan for you. Are we still good? I have no idea what time it is. Oh, I've got another hour. So this morning I wanted to preach about 15 steps, 15 easy steps. No, no, just, just to say that God has a plan and he has a plan for you. And with that, I'll tell a little story uh, about a girl named Cindy Schrader. <laughs> she used to be Cindy Schrader, now she's Cindy Cool. Uh, Pastor Greg talked about this a little bit, but, but we, we transferred at the same time we had met and kind of felt like, you know, we, we were the thing uh, to be together. And uh, um, so we, we, we moved here to Gainesville, had some roommates who were, who were friends of hers, and we were single. We, we were looking for a Word of Faith church because somebody in the group was turned on to uh, Kenneth Hagan and his books and teachings. We didn't know, and so we started to be, oh, wow, that's good. Yeah, we need a church like this. So we were looking for a church in Gainesville when there wasn't. And this, this was January of 1985, so it's been a couple of days. Uh, so... Doug Brown, you were barely 30. <laughs> um, so we came with the group finally. We, we got here. Wow, the word. Preaching the word. Preaching faith. Preaching the word. Preaching faith. Wow. Wow. And this, this pastor guy, just full of wisdom from the word. Wow. And, uh, and, and, and we're just so excited about what, what's happening. The opportunities for... Pastors Edwin and Angela, what they're stepping into, and Pastors Greg and Amy, what they're doing, praise God. But it's this, this is part of this story because God had a plan. We came. We got married. We thought we were going to be together and be married, and this was, you know, God's thing for us. And then she broke my heart at Swenson's on 32nd Street. On 34th, uh, 34th Street in Gainesville. Swenson's. Remember the old Swenson's? Anybody? Nobody remembers. Anyway, we were gone for oh, Christmas break. We came back together. I thought, yeah, we'd been a little cold and distant, and now it's over break. This is going to be it. Yeah, this is before we got married. She's clarifying. Before we got married. But we thought this is, this is God's plan for us. And we said, I, she said, she called me, hey, why don't we go to Swinson tonight? Okay, okay. Well, she's calling me. This is going to be good. We're, you know, it's going to be on. And she said, I don't think you're the guy for me. She said, I think God has somebody else for me, so I think we just need to cool it. All right, sister. If I need to wait around, I'll wait around. I said, okay, fine. So anyway, long story short, we got married. We got married at FCF, 3rd Avenue. Some of y'all were there. Some of y'all danced at the reception. And uh, Lori Brown was pregnant with Tim, I think. Um, So we just plugged in and started doing stuff. Janice Fricky, the Frickies were here, associate pastor. She led the worship, and she left, and she said, I think uh, Ike needs to do praise and worship. He can do it. I couldn't play and sing. Uh, and I said, well, let me take this stuff and look. I tried before, and I, I didn't understand all these chords, and I played by notes, and what are you, she's doing all this stuff. I was like, how did you just say C? 
F, what do you do with that? It's a, you know. So I said, give me your stuff. Let me take it home again. And the grace of God just came on. And I said, oh, revelation. It's like I just I understood. Okay. And it got better. So Sydney starts praying for a family. She's been praying for family. And she said, uh, she's praying for her little sister, Amy, who was high school and in college then. And she talked to Cindy's mom about it. And Cindy's mom called all excited one day. A box of books came to the house for Amy. They're Kenneth Hagen books. I'm like, ooh, yeah. 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 <laughs> this point. Oh, yeah, I remember this. You look like, anyway, I can tell whatever story I want to tell. <laughs> okay? And nobody knows. You don't know if it's right or not. But you have to believe me because I say it's true. Um, I don't know. I may have some of the details. Anyway, so um, eventually Amy moved down here. Uh, You did find the books. Okay, okay, okay. You didn't order any more books from them? Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Um, so anyway, she she moved she moved down here, moved in with us, didn't you? <laughs> okay, that I remember, because there was a ferret involved. Oh, ferrets don't stink; they don't smell; they don't smell, and he won't be out of his cage. He was out of his cage, and he smelled bad. Okay, but I walked in love, and you're forgiven. <laughs> So then the pastor's son started hanging around. And, uh, you know, but, but Cindy just had a, had a, not a heavy burden. Just, I need to pray for my sister. Okay, I, th- there's a point here. Because God has a plan. He has a plan for you and your family. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What do I do, need to do to be saved? Call on the name of the Lord and you and your household will be saved. You're not the lone ranger. Maybe you are at this point in your life, but don't give up. God has a plan for you and your family. Okay? She prayed. She came. He came around. They got married. We knew this is temporary. This was our temporary place. Fast forward to now. Now her parents are here. We didn't see that coming. They're married. And are now the pastors of the church we found when we were in college looking for... What happened? God had a plan. And he has a... Now, it doesn't happen overnight. This was a period of years. And you have to cooperate with the plan. You have to cooperate with the Spirit of God. You have to cooperate with the Spirit of prayer. When God, God doesn't always overwhelm you with a heavy burden to pray. But just step into prayer and see, see what's there. You have that flash of someone. Usually that's the Holy Ghost trying to get you to pray. Oh, so-and-so, that happened. Oh, I just thought of them the other day. Well, did you pray? Did you even try? Did you step into prayer, see if there's anything there? Sometimes there's, sometimes you you can't be moved by emotions. 
I know people, and listen, Mama, listen, Papa, sometimes you give up on the family, on the kids. I'm tired of dealing with him. I've invited him, and I've talked to him, and I've told him, and he just won't do, and he just won't do, and I'm done. I just gave him over to God. How many, how many times have I heard that? Gave him, I'm just giving him over to God. God's problem now. That's not faith. That is not faith. You're a faith mama. You're a faith dad. Faith doesn't give up. The love of God endures. Faith isn't moved by what it sees. When you pray, you're making tremendous power available. Amplified says dynamic, explosive, dynamic, and it's working when you pray for them. And at that point, they have a choice. They have a, they have a confrontation with the Holy Spirit. And he deals with them. And then it's on them. What are they going to do? Get off me. Get away from me. And that's why you don't give up and you pray again. And again, you make tremendous power available. And the Holy Ghost comes on them again and deals with them and puts someone in their path, puts something in their path, brings a word to them, brings this to them, brings that to them. And a light comes and they reject it or accept it. But you stick with it. We persevere. And those little times of prayer, just sowing seeds in prayer. But I love it. Paul says, I make mention of you in my prayers. I think sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a ruse of the enemy to say, well, I, I don't have 30 minutes to pray for them. So we do nothing. We don't pray for them. I, and they need, oh, they need hours of prayer. I need to be on my knees for hours for them. Because, oh, have you seen? Have you seen? Have you heard what they said? Did you see what they did? Faith walks by. We walk by faith and not by sight. And so we pray and make tremendous power available. And things change. People move from one place to another. Are you kidding me? I mean, you were at the University of Pittsburgh? Where there's a cool breeze. Coming, going to walk across the hot Florida campus. God does that. He arranges things because he's got a plan. He's got a plan. He's moving people. He's moving things. He's orchestrating. Angels are working. A path is being made. A path has been made in front of us, a highway, and we're running. We're running. We said the other day, oh, we can hardly keep up with this. What is going on? Because he's got a plan. Who Who knew? <laughs> who knew? When I first came to the house, to their house to visit Cindy in Pittsburgh, and her little baby sister was, I don't know, ninth grade, maybe tenth grade, first time I came in high school. Pastor Amy. Because God had a plan. And he, he just orchestrates. So stop fighting the plan. Sometimes you fight the plan because you have a better idea. Let me just tell you, you don't have a better idea because you can't see. You can't see. You can't see Pastor Amy when you're Amy in high school or Amy in college in Pittsburgh. You don't see. You didn't see that, did you? (laughs) But God had a plan. Now, I will say this. 
If you work against the plan, the plan can change. You can stop the plan of God. You can thwart it. You can change it. You can derail it. We have to cooperate with the plan. But wherever you are, you can come back to the plan. Now, the plan may have changed. It may not be his perfect plan because there's timing involved sometimes. But wherever you are and whatever you're doing, wherever you've missed it... Whatever you have or haven't done, God can still make a plan today. He can make a plan. It's a new plan, but it's still his plan, and it's better than whatever you've got planned. Well, I missed it, so there's no hope. No, don't give up. There's hope. He's always got a plan. It might be plan B. It might be, well, but my children. No, no, no. There's a plan. There is a plan. God has a plan. Do you know what it is? I don't have a clue. Get on board. Get in prayer. Praying out mysteries. And the plan. Somebody, I don't remember who said it, but somebody said praying in the Spirit is like laying uh, railroad tracks for a train. Praying in the Spirit. Praying out mysteries. You're creating a path into the future, into the plan of God. I don't know what it is. That's why you pray in the Spirit, praying out mysteries. And God's arranging. God's orchestrating. He's moving people. He's moving things. He's orchestrating every detail of the plan as you pray those mysteries and you take another step. Somebody asked us not too long ago, a couple years ago, how did you do this church? I mean, how did you start a church from nothing? And, and, you know, I used to think... uh, We'll, we'll, we'll take a church somewhere. Somebody's retiring or doing something, going on the mission field or something, and God will show us a place as we travel, and God would say, here's the place, you know, take a church. Because pioneering a church, that sounds like a nightmare. Who'd want to do that? You know what they say with God? Never say never. But when he has a plan, it's a glorious plan, and it's you. It's tailor-made to you. For what you love and who you are, what he's called you to do, what he's called you to be, who everything inside you, the plan is that. So don't be afraid of the plan. I don't know. God might send me somewhere I don't like. God might ask me to do. He's not going to ask you to do something that's not possible in him. It may be impossible in you. But stay with him and it gets done. And what do you do? You take the next step. Well, what's, what's, some people are five-year planners. <laughs> we're obviously not. Hi, we're coming to High Springs. Uh, uh, just do the next thing. What's the next step? And I said, that's how we did the church. We didn't know what we're doing. How do you, how do you start a French church in a house with nobody? Good question. I don't think I could write a book on how to do it because I don't know. All it would say is take the next step. Pray in the Spirit and take the next step. <laughs> Just take the next step. Okay, oh, wow, we did that. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, did, uh, he said buy a house. Okay, we bought a house. Okay, now what? Okay, we'll do this. Start doing this. Do this. Okay, next step, next step, next step, next step. You're plowing. Next step, next step, next step. It's a long way, but oh, my, look how far I've come. Okay, another step, another step. And 20 years, 30 years later, Pastor Greg, Pastor Amy, How'd you get here? Next step. Obey God. Next step. 
God has a plan. Get in with him. (laughs) Hallelujah. God's got a plan. I don't know if that was your plan this morning, but I don't think it was, but praise God. We love you all. We love you so much. Uh, If we don't get to hug your neck today, we'll hug it next time, I guess. Uh, God bless you. Pastor Greg, thank you. We're we're very excited to see what God has in store. Uh, The future is bright, isn't it? Praise God. I'll give it back to you. Thank you. You know, I was uh, getting ready once I found out they were coming into town a couple days ago. Um, and I prepared, had a message. But I told Amy last night, I know I'm never going to get the mic. I, I know that I know I know they'll have what we need for this morning. We heard, mul- we heard multiple messages today. But I tell you what, they were all good. They were all excellent. They were, they were what we needed. You know, we've been talking about vision around here for, for several weeks. This was more vision He's talking about Quebec, but it applies to High Springs. It applies right where we are. The word is the same there. God's the same there as he is here. What he's done for them, he will do for us. What he's done for another, he will do for you. So thank you. I can't, there's no point in even trying to elaborate. It was excellent. It's what we needed. It's what we needed. I tell you, obey God. Whatever it takes, obey God. Whatever it takes, obey God. That should be your answer. What, it, what does it take? That doesn't matter. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to do what he says. I'm going to obey God. No matter what it looks like, I'm going to obey God. Your life will be rewarded. Your family will be, will be rewarded. The plan of God will be accomplished. And we're going to move on into the next thing. And it's going to be amazing. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.